I'm Charlie Osborne, Editor-at-Large at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with Brandon Guffey, a state representative for South Carolina and a father who tragically lost his son to what is now known as a sextortion scam. Brandon, welcome and thank you for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me on, Charlie. So today I want to discuss Gavin's Law and how it will hopefully prevent other parents from having to experience what you unfortunately have. But to first understand the law, we must understand what happened to the bill's namesake, Gavin Guffey, who at the age of 17, in 2022, became a victim of sexual extortion, sadly leading him to taking his own life. Brandon, can you please share Gavin's story with our listeners? Yeah, so July 27th of 2022, right at midnight, Gavin was playing video games with a friend and started getting messages on Instagram from a girl that caused him to get off the game and let his friends know that he was going to chat with this girl. Things progressed pretty quickly, sent over images, and whenever he sent images back, immediately the person began to extort him. And I think he was aware at that point that this was probably not the female that he thought that he was talking to, that this was a scammer, and they were threatening to share all of the information with all of his friends and on social media. And with me being a public official, I think his fear was that it would go a lot more viral than just someone releasing images. But by 1.40 a.m., he ended up taking his life. And how would you describe sextortion to someone who's unfamiliar with the term? It is whenever someone uses images to blackmail, essentially, or extort, particularly sexual images, and threatens that if you do not send them money or send them more pictures or perform sexual acts, that they will share this information publicly. And the threat always is that they will make it go viral. And do you think that today's technology, including self-destructing chat platforms, are making it easier for predators to abuse and exploit minors in this way? Absolutely. I think tech companies are 100% responsible for this. And when it came to trying to track down the perpetrators of this scam, have any arrests been made? Has any progress been made on trying to find out who's responsible? It is still an ongoing case, so I'm not able to really comment on that, but I am confident in our law enforcement. We have Homeland Security here that is on the case, along with ICAC uh, and the FBI as well. And on the topic of the FBI, the agency says that over 3,000 minors were targeted in this way in 2022, and they were primarily young boys and young men. And over a dozen of the reported cases and individuals committed suicide because of it. Brandon, I'd like to know what you think about this statistic and whether you think the problem's actually broader and more common than the reported numbers suggest. Yeah, I was actually listening to a podcast shortly after that statistic come out. I can't remember if it was Interpol or ICAC person that was on there and they said that their estimate was that was only four percent of the active number of cases going on and i think that was further backed up by snapchat releasing a study in may that said that two-thirds of all teens have been targeted by sextortion over the past year it is such a prevalent crime because it is easy money there's not laws in place to really go after these individuals in many places. And at the time of Gavin's passing, you were running for State House Representative. And once you assumed office, you immediately began working on a way to criminalise this sort of scam. And this is now known as Gavin's Law. Can you please explain to our listeners what the bill entails? So under Gavin's Law, if you target a child or an at-risk adult 
for sextortion, you're looking at up to 20 years in prison. If great bodily harm or death occurs, it's an additional up to 20 years in prison. If you're targeting an adult, it's up to five years for a first offense, up to 10 for a second, up to 20 for a third, which they all are stackable. So if you have someone that is running a sextortion scheme, they're typically targeting more than one person at a time. But the biggest portion of Gavin's Law and the most important portion is in South Carolina, we have now mandated our Department of Education to educate every student and parent along with SLED to, which is our South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, to educate the general population about Gavin's Law and what sextortion is. And how important do you think education is going to be in the fight against sextortion? I believe that is the biggest hurdle, is just getting the information out there. The FBI released that statistic about the number of cases, and I believe people don't pay attention to it. But as that person I was saying that said that there was only 4%, whenever they twisted it and said, if I told you there was over 100,000 cases of predators coming in your child's bedroom while you're at home and you're unaware and attacking your child, everyone would be up in arms. But because it's cyber and because most of the parents don't understand the cyber crimes or understand the generation of sharing pictures, it's very difficult to get that message out there. Makes sense. And when you proposed the law, did you get anything at all in terms of resistance for passing it? Well, my original law, and of course, with me losing my son, I wanted to make it as harsh as possible. So whenever we wrote the law, we made it the strictest enforcement other than death penalty in South Carolina. And I wasn't getting much traction. So what I found was I went to the minority leader in the state house and some other people that I knew that I typically disagree with politically because the people who were on my side would not tell me if they had a problem with it. And I sat down with them and said, look, we all want to protect children. What can I do to make this better? No one has the guts to really come to me and say, hey, this is bad because of this or bad because of that. And we literally sat down and rewrote the entire law and passed it unanimously, not only within the House, but also unanimously within the Senate as well. In my opinion, hopefully this is sort of law that, you know, we'll be seeing perhaps globally, frankly. There's not enough protection out there. I agree. And I think the biggest problem that we have right now on a federal level, I hate to say it, but I think we've got a bunch of cowards out there that care more about money than they do about protecting children because they're listening to the digital lobby, which is equivalent to the cigarette lobby of today. You know, you can say the digital lobby is a little bit more on the left side, but they've partnered up with the privacy lobby on the right side to sit there and act as if it is your right to be able to commit any crime that you want online. And that's simply not true. And Gavin's law passed the House and Senate and went into effect on May the 18th this year. What's your overall hopes for the bill? And what do you think Gavin would say? I don't know what Gavin would say, because we had a very open relationship. My hope for the law is that people in Gavin's situation realize that there is help out there. Matter of fact, this morning, the first adult was charged in South Carolina under Gavin's law. And it just so happened to be within my hometown. And this is a situation where someone is being extorted. And now, hopefully, they realize that there is help out there. Law enforcement will help. However, we have a lot of training to do with law enforcement to change their mindset 
because the way that they are treating this is their message is, well, you shouldn't have sent pictures. And I equate that to telling a woman that she shouldn't have wore a short skirt. It's a mindset that needs to change. And the law enforcement officers need to treat the people that are coming to them as the victim. And to finish off, Brandon, do you have any further advice for teenagers and perhaps adults who are caught up in these forms of blackmail and scams? It's very difficult for an adult to really give them advice other than delete your social media. If you're that concerned about it, just delete your social media and get off of it. But number one piece of advice is do not send a penny. The more you engage, the more that you try to solve the problem, they know that they have you. My advice has been with AI out there, and we're starting to see AI. Matter of fact, the first person charged under Gavin's law used AI to extort a teenage girl. I just tell people to say, hey, this isn't me, and to deny, 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 and just say that it's AI technology. Whenever I'm talking to teens and traveling around, what I suggest to them is I understand that it's part of their culture to send images back and forth and to have these virtual relationships. However, I tell them if you are going to send something, then make sure that you don't have any identifying features in it. Make sure your face is not shown. Or if you have an identifying birthmark, that something like that is not shown. That way you have deniability. I couldn't agree more with you. Thank you for joining us today, Brandon, and sharing both yours and Gavin's story with us. Thank you so much. I'm Charlie Osborne, Editor-at-Large at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining me today was Brandon Guffey, a state representative for South Carolina. To follow all of our media, go to cybercrimemagazine.com.